0: Well, welcome to another episode of Sword and Shield. I am Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard. I am the Command Chief of the 960th Cyber Wing, and today with me I have... Senior
1: Edmund Wilson. Uh, I'm with the 426 Network Warfare Squadron, um, moving now toward the uh, Cyber Operations Squadron. Um, And I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you so much for having me, Chief Howard.
0: Oh, no, thank you, Wilson. We really do appreciate you taking an interest, right? um you know one of the things that really struck me in our initial conversations was uh your openness to kind of share your story i was wondering if you can kind of share with uh, the gladiators out there um what drove you to uh joining the air force reserve
1: sure so um i would say that uh, the air force reserve was i was very interested in uh and uh Didn't really know exactly how to approach, but uh, the way that I ended up approaching it was um, simply going and speaking to a recruiter about basically what was possible. I knew that I was uh, interested in the cyber intel piece and uh, my recruiter was uh, very great at his job uh, and did a lot to get me where I wanted to be. And so once I had contacted him, then the process after that was, Uh, It did take a little while because sometimes we're uh, limited by funding in order to send the training and everything like that. But uh, eventually I was sent to basic training, uh, sent through my technical training, which is fairly extensive, and, uh, you know, came out on the other side being a part uh, of something much greater than myself. So I've really enjoyed it ever since. uh, And the Air Force has has given me a a whole lot uh, in the past few years. Uh, But yes, for me, it was... I approached it as an opportunity for change. Uh, I had already had an established career as a firefighter paramedic, and I enjoyed doing that. Uh, but the outlook uh, over 10, 20 years for that kind of job, uh, the outcomes are not exactly um, uh, favorable in some situations. And so that being said, uh, my decision to go into the Air Force was an opportunity to kind of shift my career and go into a completely different field of cyberspace and intelligence, and ultimately looking back on it, uh, I'm so glad that I did that and so incredibly grateful to the Air Force for the training that they've given me uh, and ultimately the community and purpose that I've gained through this experience.
0: Right. I mean, you know, that is a kind of a unique change going from, you know, firefighter to paramedic and just cyber, um, but I think there's a line there, right, of just that that commitment to service. Would you feel like, do you say that you're getting that commitment to, of service by being in the, uh, the Air Force Reserve at this point, um, where you were getting it with uh, being a firefighter and paramedic in the past?
1: Absolutely. Um, if you look at every job I've ever done, basically, one of the, the common threads that you can weave throughout the whole thing is just helping people, um, some kind of service-oriented job. Um, I really enjoy doing that. Uh, I really liked doing that as a paramedic and um, as a firefighter. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed that piece of interacting with uh, patients or people on scene and trying to calm them down uh, and let them know that we're here to help. And now working with the Air Force, you know, it's much more. It's behind a few more layers of abstraction. You know, what we do is not exactly the thing that people envision whenever they think of um, in Air Force. Uh, however, I will say, though, it's still very satisfying to me and very valuable to me to have that sense of purpose that drives me forward, knowing that what I do on just a day-to-day basis, um, even in the reserves, is, uh, is making a, a big difference in, in a macro way for a lot of people. And so, yes, I definitely still, still feel that you know, dedication to service. Uh, I feel like, again, that's the common thread through all the things I've done in the past and throughout that the air force has been a big part of you know helping me see something so much bigger than myself um bigger than a fire department bigger than one specific community uh having uh, having an opportunity to have an effect um on a much larger outcome you know and keeping keeping the people of our country safe so yeah i I definitely would say that uh it's been a very good experience for me and I, i still uh value that that dedication to service that uh you know, the Air Force instills
0: in us. Right. So, you know, if we are talking to somebody that was considering making a similar change, whether it's any kind of job or career field uh, outside of the military and wanting to join the Air Force Reserve, what words of advice would you give them? Things to think about, things to be, um, uh, you know, looking out for so that they can actually uh, be successful uh, getting in the door?
1: Sure. Um, so I would say definitely. Be ready to be patient. Um, you know the the government does not exactly move super quickly, uh, and uh, a lot of that is is for a very good purpose. Be ready to uh, to have some patience and and to wait around a little bit. But um, I will say, uh, whenever you're speaking with a, a recruiter or uh, with people that are kind of helping you uh, go into uh, the Air Force or uh, the branch that you're trying to join. Uh, be very clear with uh, with your intentions. You know, if you if you have a specific career field in mind, um, let them know that. At least mine, they were very willing to to fight in order to get me what I wanted, and uh, I ended up landing in, in a billet that I, I really enjoyed and have really enjoyed. Um, and so, that being said, just be very clear with your leadership and um, and let them know uh, what your what your your hopes and uh, what your uh, intentions are for that change. But also, I would say that at some point it just comes to um, a decision. I can remember for me, I was on uh, I was on a very long shift um, as a firefighter, and uh, a few days later I was supposed to uh, swear in, and that date had just come way sooner than I had expected, and and I knew that was the moment that I had to make the decision of whether or not I was going to join the Air Force and and mm-hmm. change my life as I knew it, um, or if I was going to back out or, or do whatever else. Um, and so that point came where I, I very, very clearly had to make a decision of, am I going to do this or not? Um, and ultimately, at some point, you just have to make that decision. Um, for me, that decision was fairly easy to to make because uh, I knew that this aligned with my values and this aligned with my career goals. And I, I understood that, you know, joining the Air Force to serve wasn't just about joining the Air Force Reserve. It was going to set me up for uh, a career as a contractor that I now do uh, in addition to serving as a reservist. Um, and so I did have a lot of that thought out, so it was a fairly easy decision for me to make once I really considered all of the moving pieces. But yeah, whenever you do come to that point of trying to make that decision, you know, involve your family, involve the people you care about, uh, and uh, and make the decision that you know will be right for your life. And once you make that decision, trust the process. Uh, for me, it was a it was a fairly long time from whenever I swore in to. Whenever I was what we call operational, meaning completely trained up and ready to go, it was a fairly long time, you know, just because of funding and a whole host of different issues. But ultimately, you know, I'm on the other side of it now. And I love what I do uh, and I love serving in the way that I do. And so, again, once you do make that decision, you know, trust the process uh, and just understand that, you know, whatever you have to go through um, it'll be worth it if you if you really believe in what you're doing. so it'll be worth it on the other side.
0: Okay, yeah, and some other the things there, right? with uh, your particular AFSC, um, there's a, it's a it's a little bit of a lengthy process. and when we talk about uh, cyber AFSCs as a whole, and then that includes um, the the cyber threat analysis portion, the one ends, uh, it takes a while to get there, right? Just to be um, operationally ready
1: yeah absolutely um the training that training that they put us through is is uh you know very intense at times but uh and also pretty long comparatively um, but uh it is it's so good though <laughs> uh, i i look back and uh you know even as i get thrown things uh in my civilian job now you know there are all kinds of different things that um i have to do and have to learn Um, and looking back to my education that i got through the air force uh, you know they just prepared us so well uh, not only for the jobs that jobs that we have to do uh, you know in the air force um, but also for the the things i do on the outside Uh, they gave me a very good base to stand on and especially someone with uh, virtually no cyber background um you know trained me in a in a fairly broad way Um, to give me a a lot of the language that we use and a baseline knowledge of a whole host um, of different uh, cybersecurity uh, disciplines. And so, again, super, super thankful for that for that training and that process. Uh, But yes, it is it is long. And one particular school definitely uh, can be kind of intensive for some people. But um, again, it's worth it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're you're put through the ringer just so that uh, when you come out the back end, um, there's things that make life uh, a little bit easier because you've already kind of dealt with a certain level of stress uh, and uh, demands upon your time and uh, your cognitive thinking, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I- I'm very much um, very much a believer in in just having to to go through things. Um, so once you enter into a process, whatever that process is, um, you know, you do have to trust that uh, coming out on the other side that, you know, you made the decision for a reason um, and you're going to commit yourself to to moving all the way through that process. Um, so as that process, you know, happens, I'm very much a believer in in let's take a step back and look at the big picture, you know, rather than, Freaking out about this particular concept that I can't really understand right now. Let's take a look, take a look at the big picture. What is this going to do? How is this going to help my life, my goals? How am I achieving my goals by doing this? Um, And just kind of calm yourself down with that knowledge that it's not about, uh, you know, just this one concept that I'm having trouble with. Um, It's about a much bigger progression that you're making uh, and that the Air Force is pulling you through um, to become that, uh, that, you know, ready airman that is uh, that is you know ready and willing to face the challenges that uh, that you will. As you're you know moving through that process, it's definitely a, a very, very hard thing to do. but if you can, just take a step back and look at the big picture. What is this doing? How is this helping me achieve my goals? Um, and that will be what can really bring you through um, that ringer as you were calling it.
0: Okay, so going through the whole training process, right? So let's include basic training, and text school, and then even upgrade training. What is the the thing that surprised you the most uh, about that whole process?
1: I would say, for me, the biggest surprise was just the depth of knowledge uh, that they are pulling you through, and the pace at which they're pulling. Um, so, at least for for my AFSC, one of the one of the schools has a, a very very high uh, very high um, Uh, you know, attrition rate of people dropping out or failing. And uh, I I think one of the big reasons that, you know, some people are have trouble with it is because it is a lot of knowledge that they expect you to, to take in, you know, at a very fast pace. And then for me, at least, study skills were a prerequisite where, you know, if you didn't have good study skills prior to this training, it was going to be very a very difficult time for you. Was not definitely was not impossible if you put your head down and worked at it. You could definitely get it. But good study skills were very much kind of a uh, a necessity in the process. And so that being said, you know it was a large body of knowledge that they expected you to get through fairly fast. For me, I would say I, I kind of thrive in that environment. The only analog I can think of on the outside is paramedic school, um, because uh, you know if you ask any paramedics, basically we're 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 basically put through a very large amount, uh, like a, a very large body of knowledge, in a very short time, uh, with a lot of time constraints on us. So I feel like I was uniquely prepared in that situation because I had the background of paramedic school and and having these vast amounts of information thrust on me very quickly. And not everybody has that background. Uh, but again, if you have that base, that foundation. Uh, of study skills and just a work ethic uh, to want to to move through those things um, and to to study effectively, you'll be fine. But it, it is a lot of information very quickly, uh, especially in tech school.
0: Okay. Now you you kind of hit on uh, you know the the skills that you've learned. You've been able to uh, take to the next level on the civilian side. So can you kind of give us an idea of what it is like now to be a traditional reservist? You know, balancing that career piece as well as uh, the workload of being a traditional reservist
1: sure so uh, on the career side um, i've been very fortunate to uh, do uh, digital forensics and incident response in the in the civilian world and and that's been a huge blessing to me and and really uh, has taught me so much uh that i am able to then bring back into the air force and into uh you know what we do the balancing piece of that is definitely a struggle that sometimes because not only am i having to think about the sched my work schedule uh, for my full-time job uh, i'm also having to balance all right when are uh my uh uta days or what the public sometimes knows as drills when are when are my times that i I have to be in uniform ready to go i have to have all of that solid and, and nailed down and then also thinking about all right well over the course of the year, uh, when is my annual tour going to fall, and I have to factor that into and around different trainings or, or things that I may have to balance or reschedule for my civilian job. So it is definitely uh, definitely a bit of a balancing act. I, I do enjoy uh, I do enjoy that uh, because uh, again I, I I like keeping myself busy, but it is definitely a, a lot to have your your full time job. Um, and then also have the Air Force that you've got to think about and, uh, and work in. So it's definitely a good bit of work, but uh, the balance is, is absolutely possible. And especially whenever, whenever I'm on orders, active duty orders for whatever reason, my leadership has been extremely good uh, about making sure that um, I have enough time for what I need to take care of. Um, I've been very, very blessed with amazing leadership at every level during my Air Force career. And so I'm so thankful for that. But yes, the, the balancing act of having a full-time job and learning as much as I can from that, um, while also in mind the obligations that I have to the Air Force, uh, it is a bit of a balancing act, but it's very worthwhile to me. And whenever I am able to come in uh, and work with my team and do um, what we were trained to do, that is a, a very fulfilling moment you know having the all the prep time of of coming into it and making travel reservations and arrangements, and then for that to give way to uh, either training with my team or doing the mission with my team um, again is very rewarding, very fulfilling. so
0: okay, so what words of advice would you give uh, to young airmen that are looking on taking the role of being a TR? Anything that they could uh, think about or put in their decision processing? So that they're prepared for those demands
1: yeah absolutely i would say be prepared to to go on orders a while up front Uh, i think that's one of the one of the biggest information gaps that i see and it's not necessarily that i don't necessarily think it's uh, misinformation or anything like that i think it's primarily just we don't realize on the front end how long some of the things may take so for me moving for me going in, I just took, you know, okay, my tech school is going to be this long and my basic training is going to be this long. You add those two numbers together and that's how long i will be on active duty orders. Uh, and to be honest, it's not quite that simple. Uh, a lot of times there's things on the back end, like upgrade training and different things that you may have to continue to be on orders for. And then uh, even in the midst of all of that, uh, you know, for instance, for me, I had some, basically sometimes where I just had to return to my normal life while I was waiting on funding to go to a different training uh, and to get back into uh, kind of the pipeline. So uh, some things like that may happen. So just be flexible, um, understand that for, especially for your family, just, uh, you know, making sure that you're communicating with your family and and keeping them up to date and informed about the whole situation. Uh, but yeah, so I would say just be ready to go on active duty orders for a fairly long time whenever you initially get in. And then whenever that, you whenever that kind of intense part of active duty orders either either constantly or for a long period of time is over and you get to transition to being an actual tr once you get to that place everything's a lot easier to manage it it is really nice to uh to have that rhythm of being a tr uh you know whenever you come in and then being able to do what you need to do in the civilian world Uh, in the meantime. So it it is a very nice balance. Uh, Again, it it takes a while to get to there, but so I I would just say, you know, be prepared to to go on active duty orders for a fairly long stint uh, on the front end. Um, But just again, understand that that process uh, does have a, a termination point where you will become a TR and you will get to Um, Do that for a while, and then you know, eventually, uh, if you get deployed or activated for some other reason, have those things in mind whenever you're making plans, especially education plans. It's definitely not impossible to do education while you're a TR and while you're on and off of active duty orders. Um, I'm doing it right now. I'm currently pursuing my my bachelor's degree in data and computational sciences. It's definitely not impossible, uh, but it does take uh, a good bit of planning uh, about when you get activated and when you may get deployed. So I would just say be flexible, but understand that there are a bunch of moving pieces and moving parts. Um, if you can just keep those in mind, you can plan everything out for it fairly well. And it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, this big struggle of not being able to do what you want. It, it, it is very freeing, especially once you get to that point of being a CR and having whatever plans you have and whatever goals you have define those and then draw a roadmap for those. And what I would say is a big thing is communicate that to your leadership. Um, Because if you have all these ideas about education and all these plans about what you want to do on the civilian side, you know, make sure to be transparent about that with your leadership. Uh, Because uh, again, for me, I've had incredible leadership that has made sure that I have the ability and the space to do things and those, um, and to, to run, uh, to basically run and do those things that I need to do in the civilian world. Um, and they've worked with me in planning and all kinds of different things. So I would say just be, you know, try, try to make and define those plans that you have, those goals that you want to shoot for. Uh, once you do that, and like I said, it's, it can be a, a pretty nice balance.
0: Awesome. Now I really do appreciate you sharing your story. And as we kind of close out this conversation, is there any other words of advice or, um, tidbits of thought that uh, you want to share with the rest of your gladiators?
1: Sure. Um, again, I would say, you know, define, define the goals that you want uh, and, and then shoot for those. Uh, for me, one of those was starting a business. And uh, right now I've, I've been running one for about three years now and uh, it's, it's a great time. I really like it. Uh, and it has been um, a really um, amazing experience uh, to do that. Um, so, again, define those goals that you have um, and, then, and then shoot for those, go for those. Uh, communicate with your leadership, uh, you know, what, what your goals are, what, what your intentions are, um, and uh, trust the process. That would be my biggest thing because, you know, doing all of these things and, and have maintaining all of this training um, can seem overwhelming at times. But, uh, again, pull back the lens, try to see the big picture and uh, understand that, you know, all of this is going to a destination uh, and uh, that what you're doing right now, uh, no matter how difficult or um, difficult or time consuming, uh, it is all working toward that goal. So again, keep those things in mind um, and uh, don't get discouraged, you know, trust the process. That'd be my words of advice.
0: Awesome, thanks again for taking the time today to talk to us, uh, Senior Wilson. Really do appreciate your uh, candor uh, and sharing your story. So, uh, it's appreciated.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Chief Howard. I really, really appreciate it, and thank you so much for this podcast. I know I have really enjoyed it, and uh, many others around me have uh, found it to be a, a very good and relevant resource for us. So, thank you so much to both you and Colonel Erich for really advocating for this.
0: No, we, uh, we enjoy it, and we get a uh, these opportunities to talk to people, it's a, it's great. So uh, when we find that it's uh, helping people out and getting some information, really do appreciate it. All right, that concludes this episode of the Sword and Shield. And I want to thank all of our gladiators out there for taking the time to listen today. And as well, um, thank you for all that you do, the sacrifices that you make, and uh, the dedication you have uh, to our nation. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. And remember... Um, stab your enemies in the face through cyberspace.